Hello and welcome to episode 284 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is December 20th, 2021. I'm Rollo McFlugel. Joining me is my co-host, Slappy Jones. Show notes page for this episode will be mcflugel.com slash 284, where we will link to our sponsor, libertymugs.com, as well as ways to learn about Bitcoin. Uh, 10hoursbitcoin.com and also bitcointrickle.com. And now we finally have the website up. Not finally, it's only been a few weeks, but getonzerofiat.com. So this is installment number three of the Get On Zero series. And we put together a website uh, that we can send people to that uh, has all of the podcast episodes that we're doing here. And as well as any of the other ones that are out there. So Laser Hoddle was just on the Stefan Levera podcast. So we have a link to that up there. And we also have a link to a boy named Sue, whose podcast I was just on this week. Talk about Get On Zero. And we got a bunch of frequently asked questions there about Get On Zero. And we're going to build it out with other stuff and resources and, and everything else a little bit more. So go check that out. And uh, welcome to Get On Zero, Buck. <laughs> yeah, welcome back to Hello. the show, Buck. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, excited to be back. I think I'm yeah. going to be the least qualified person in your Get On Zero uh, series. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what I can get into here. Well, oh, that's that fine me. because, yeah, Slappy's <laughs> not even on Zero and uh, he's here. So uh, You got a LARPer co-host? Uh, no, because I don't yeah, deny it. Don't, don't call me That's a LARPer. True. I guess I am a LARPer okay. because I'm not on zero. <laughs> but I don't say I'm yeah. on zero. All right. So you're just a cuck. You're not a LARPer. You're a cuck. Fair enough. Perfect. It's important uh, we get the right definitions down. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't be calling me a LARPer. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. All right. So, Buck, give us your get on zero story. You've been on the show before. You're, you're a Bitcoiner. We talk about Bitcoin here. Um, I think our views have, like, we come, we're cut from the same cloth. Um, but yeah, just tell tell me tell me what happened with you. You know what what was your what were you doing before getting on zero and and kind of what made you change your mind and and what are you doing or just give your thoughts. Yeah, um, I I think that I was probably. Uh, perfect candidate for this idea. I was very primed for it. Um, I've, you know, I've been in Bitcoin for a few years now. Uh, I think I made my like first purchase in 2014. Um, I remember before that a few years, I remember like my, my biggest story with Bitcoin was it was 59 cents and I wanted to buy it, but I had no idea how to. Um, and I figured out, I'll, I'll look into this later. And then, uh, yeah, I didn't buy for a few years, but um, I got into a, a little bit in 2014, but not really until 2017 or 2018 is when I like became a real Bitcoiner. Um, yeah, it's hilarious think... how similar that story is to. <laughs> I mean, I think you you came across Bitcoin before I did. I don't know. I don't remember the price point it was. I don't think it was 59 cents, but yeah. Otherwise, it's it's basically the same. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, what I always tell whenever I tell the story or like when people have a similar 
regret about not buying Bitcoin or something. It's like, eh, I don't know, even if I had bought it at 59 cents, I would have sold it at a dollar or something. So, you know, even when I bought a little bit in 2014, I like yeah, the price rose up to like $500 and then started crashing down to, I don't know, 400 or 200 something. And I sold most of it. So it's like, uh, as the saying goes, you, you you buy Bitcoin at the price you deserve, uh, which for me yep. was sometime really in like 2017, 2018. Um, but yeah, so I've been I've been getting into it since then. I've uh, uh, really just like been reading, buying, wanting to do more kind of like outreach like you guys are doing and stuff. But maybe that's in my future. Uh, but yeah, so um, over the past year maybe one to two years is when I became more of an advocate for Bitcoin. Like I became confident enough in it to start telling my friends and family about it and like try to convince them. Um, before that I was always like kind of sheepish and like, I, I get it, but yeah, I'm not sure I believe it enough to go try to tell people to put money into it or something. Yeah. Do you, rem- so. do you remember when I told you to buy Aerocoin? Oh, of course. <laughs> that work I've out? Come across, I think not well. <laughs> It, it wasn't as bad for me. I only put in like you know like twenty five dollars or something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I mean well. that's yeah. I mean it was some some of us have to touch the stove. A lot of yeah, us do. I and know. It's funny because I, I think people when they talk to us now and they ask us about what about this other coin and we're like no don't do it and we're acting so toxic and pure and everything. What they don't realize is that, you know, a few years before that, uh, we were doing all sorts of the same dumb stuff. <laughs> also, yeah, being idiots ourselves. Right. And yeah, I, I, there's definitely an aspect of like, uh, I guess people just have to go through that. Um, I'd be curious if there's anybody who just skipped straight to Bitcoin mac- maximalism. Uh, <laughs> there have been like some. That person. There have been some, and it's... it's uh, Few and far between, though. Yeah, and and they have the benefit of all this. I mean, not 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 to to take anything away from them because it it still is difficult to do it. But I mean, when we were getting into it, I mean, you went on BitcoinTalk.org and uh, maybe some stuff on Reddit, but like, I mean, there wasn't Bitcoin podcasts out the wazoo. Like there, <laughs> there is now, and, and yeah, there was Bitcoin nothing. Twitter. At least nothing that we could right. really find other than forums talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was easy, it very easy to get caught up. And... Right. It's very yeah. easy to get caught up in, uh, with dumb ideas and everything. So, Plus, there weren't but... just other like people that were at that point, too, really. You know, um, there's mm-hmm. a lot more people nowadays where if somebody's talking about uh, <laughs> crypto, uh, th- there's a good chance there's like a Bitcoin maximalist nearby who will uh, <laughs> right. be there to advocate for the right ideas yeah it's like you say uh it's like saying beatles used three times when you say you're gonna have a you try to make sure there's always someone on every corner in case yeah, the word yeah. crypto comes up yeah can you, can you start, come out and you start yelling at you yes. <laughs> yeah so anyway um yeah keep uh, derailing your uh your story i mean that's that's how it goes right i yeah i um so sometime last year, I think I heard about Strike and got on their wait list to, for Pay Me in Bitcoin. And um, 
then about, uh, I don't know, three or four months ago, I finally got off the wait list and almost immediately like switched a pretty good percentage of my, uh, paycheck to Bitcoin. Um, largely because like, um, well, for one, I just didn't really see the point in having too much fiat. Like I was, I was already, uh, trying to do pretty much all of my savings in Bitcoin. So I was, I'm trying to like, you know, have whatever I need to pay bills and stuff and then put, you know, a skim, a consistent, let's say like 10% off my savings of 10% a month and put that into Bitcoin. But, you know, in retrospect, you can see how that's just like leading to an accumulation of a checking account balance. Um, and there is some Bitcoin savings, but not as much as there could be. Um, so yeah, when I heard, uh, about this get on zero thing, I was like, uh, I, I totally get it. I am pretty much, you know, I was, I don't think I would have gotten there if it weren't for people like saying the idea, but as soon as I heard the idea, it seemed so obvious. Um, uh, and I guess what helps is knowing that there are things like, you know, level, I guess we'll see how promising level really is. And if, and if, if like, but you know, I have to pay my mortgage and my electricity bill through ACH or whatever, you know, connect the bank account. And it's like, how, how am I going to pull that off if I don't have something that can convert from Bitcoin to dollars, uh, right away. So like hearing about some of those tools and then just like hearing other people are doing this, um, is what kind of sent me over the edge. Yeah. It's funny. There's a lot of, in my experience at least, and I don't know if you've experienced it as well, but just a lot of mental blocks. And also you think about it and in the back of your head, you know, it's the right thing to do. Um, like I think everyone's probably had the thought of like, it would just be great to just have Bitcoin because I convert everything into Bitcoin and, and number goes up means that I'm going to, my wealth's going to appreciate value. And I can just like skim some of that Bitcoin off to pay, to pay for stuff. Um, because any, any dollars I have is, uh, is, is just losing value. Um, and there's always that thing like, Oh, what if you, uh, and, and it's funny now, funny thinking about this now, because there was always the debate of when someone is only accepting Bitcoin in payment as payment. And it's like, well, do you spend your spend your from your stack on it or do you spend and replace or do you buy Bitcoin to go buy that? And it's just like, dude, what is it? What's the difference? <laughs> like, It just shows. And, and, and the idea that you're having a fiat balance is like Bitcoin that you don't have so now that you kind of like you you kind of rewire your brain into being like no i just shouldn't be holding fiat anymore this idea of like do i spend and replace how, do, how am i going to do that if i pay <laughs> something with bitcoin well it's funny because like um i think that uh some of that rewiring that needs to happen is self-inflicted because you know the whole message that uh bitcoiners and you know, that, that I've ingrained in my head is, is never going to sell any of my Bitcoin. Right. Right. And obviously it's not never, we know that in saying never, we mean like it's going to be a long time. Um, but, uh, but that's been the mantra, right? Like buy Bitcoin and hold on to it forever. And to switch to zero, you have to suddenly say, actually, I'm going to be selling some of it like all the time. 
uh, but in the pursuit of getting more Bitcoin than I would have otherwise. Um, but even just that little mental switch, I think, is... Uh, it's like there's this brain block that prevents you from seeing it until somebody says it. Well, yeah, I understand it happening, though, because, I mean, if, if we're repeating that meme all the time, I mean, that's going to get kind of ingrained in your head. So, But I've maintained for a while, even before I get on zero, it was like, well, what do you... Like, how long are you going to hold Bitcoin for? It's like, well, until I have to spend it. Until, that was what I was saying back then, until, you know, people won't accept anything other than, than my Bitcoin when I have to, when I got to buy something. I mean, that will, one, it will be fully monetized. Um, but it kind of, like you said, it, it's self-inflicted because I don't have to. <laughs> You know, and we, we talk about how bad fiat is, and it's like, well, I don't have to hold fiat either. Uh, but I wonder how many people actually do really believe that they're never going to sell their Bitcoin. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's like, it doesn't make know, any I, sense to hold it for it. Unless all you care about is like building your a children or something, yeah. You know, and never enjoying it yourself, then, then sure. But uh, at some point, I want to enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, what were you going to say, Slappy? Just say, I mean, the only reason you would never sell is if you're trying to build a legacy or, or something, trying to pass it on. Um, you know. Right, like, certainly, you know, I think we all want to pass on a legacy. Um, but in the meantime, it's like you were saying on your previous show, it's, you know, uh, you shouldn't be eating rice and beans and, like, subsistence living uh, to do that. I want to enjoy this life while I can. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm on right. board. I'm not, uh, I'm just. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> two, it's, it's not that like you're going to be eating, excuse me, sorry, eating into your entire stack to, to, to live your life. It's you have that cold storage long-term savings that you don't really plan on touching, but you know, you're going to be moving, probably moving some Bitcoin in and out of that as you live your life. Um, you know, you might accumulate more in your we'll call it checking account or your day-to-day wallets that you don't need there and you can you know throw that into cold storage um and also as big expenses come up if you want to buy some property or or do something else that requires you to to tap into your longer term savings and then you would go into that but i mean that's the purpose of money it's you know you don't know you you have future goals or at least you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And so you want to have that reserve of artificial wealth to be able to say, hey, I want to finally convert this back into something real. And so yeah, you know, it's, um, like, it's it's very good that you have the Bitcoin there. There's there's there is one thing that I thought of as a potential uh, I, I like I don't know how to deal with it. And I'm curious if you have um, thought of it at all, which is. You know, if you're ever going to get a mortgage again, you have to put on the mortgage application how uh, how much you know you have in savings and whatnot. And uh, at some point, you have to prove how much you have uh, asset wise. Um, and I don't know what you do in that case if all, <laughs> all your savings are in Bitcoin and you you try to put that on there like is is a bank going to accept that do you have to liquidate it into some other asset temporarily until you get the mortgage like have you thought about that i've been thinking about it i don't have a good answer yet 
Um, I don't know how that works um, in enough detail. Like I, what you said, I thought about too, but I don't know. I don't know enough about um, being able to say like, "Hey, I've got this Bitcoin," or "Hey, I'm capable of putting down this like huge down payment." That you know the mortgage is going to be a lot smaller. I don't know if that matters, or, or the amount of yeah, the amount of money you're being borrowed the mortgage matters. Um, uh, because you know, like I've said in in a couple of previous podcasts, it's like I do want to go out and buy a bigger property, um, and I would not like to have to use like pay liquidate the Bitcoin all of it for that because I can leverage the existing legacy system and right you know put a get credit um, that'll help me you know maintain a lot of my stack. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that that's a good question. I don't have an answer for it yet. Um, I mean, I don't know if uh, if your existing house, if you have one, if, if you own your house or at least have have a mortgage on it or have some equity in your house, how much that would matter. Um, yeah, I suppose you could um, possibly leverage something like that. Um, I yeah, I don't know the answer either. I'm uh, this will be a good topic to get into. Uh, especially for people that, you know, maybe don't have a house yet and um, need to get a mortgage. I mean, it's, it's, it's like you said, you want to leverage the existing fiat system. You want to uh, do the Michael Saylor approach and borrow this depreciating dollar asset and use it to pay for stuff, pay for Bitcoin. Um, I mean, I wouldn't actually recommend borrowing dollars to buy Bitcoin, uh, but maybe you would. Um, but it's something I'm curious about. So if anybody has an answer, I wonder if it's just kind of like a necessary growing pain as we transition from this fiat standard where we have really easy, cheap credit that's widely available to, um, want a system where savings are a lot more important, uh, because it is, it is messed up that you can not even walk into a bank go online and say, <laughs> hey, I want to buy this three-quarter of a million dollar home and put basically all of it on credit. And they're just like, yeah, okay. Yep. Well, it's like uh, it's like the university system too is, is even worse, right? They're giving right. these gigantic loans to people that have no credit history and are basically the least worthy uh, people to have any sort of debt and here they are being given <laughs> uh loans is that could probably buy a house right like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt right um yeah it is crazy i agree that's a good character characterization but that's what's going to happen is is as we transition to a bitcoin hard money standard is that you know interest rates are going to be so high because bitcoin's going to be appreciating so much it's it's you know, it's risky to to give give your Bitcoin to somebody else. And so the only way that you're going to do that is if they promise you a huge return to to help you basically pay for the risk of you not getting the money back. Right. Um, so because of that, um, you know, you're going to if, if you want the big ticket stuff, you're going to have to save that money yourself. And it's a lot easier to save when when your money's appreciating. I did remember someone though on Twitter saying that like, because I before 
I'm annoyed. The, the The biggest problem with my Twitter account getting nuked is that I had a tweet where I asked people. This was about a month ago. I said, "Hey, what's your what are your? I'm not here to fight or argue with you. I just want to hear all the concerns that are out there and uh, what's preventing you from going all in on Bitcoin and not holding any fiat." And uh, one person did say, "Hey, I'm." <laughs> getting ready to buy a house and uh i need that kind of normie fiat stuff for now which i which i think is yeah that's that's probably fair he's doing that yeah i mean it might be kind of like level is you know doing new things it might be sort of the next frontier where maybe there's a service that pops up that just allows you to essentially prove how much bitcoin you have with a uh, public key or something and and then use right. that as your qualification yeah it's certainly going to help with with things like level and strike and you know these these businesses that are acting as basically bitcoin banks for you that you can because that's the thing like if uh if you're getting a mortgage and let's say you're holding bitcoin with level i mean you could I would assume that you could turn around and say like, well, I've got the equivalent X amount of dollars in the bank because it's with level. Uh, I wonder mm. if a company like level could kind of vouch for you uh, like that, where if you do just, you don't want to, you know, dox to everybody, um, you know, your stack. But if, you know, you sign a message that's associated with a key that has some Bitcoin, um, they can they can kind of vouch and say yeah this guy this guy has actual wealth and funds that that that's backing this mortgage up i wonder um, if there's anti money laundering laws about that i don't know yeah i don't know i mean it, I, and again this is just all the problems with the, the fiat system we have is the legacy stuff is it's just horrendous the the user experience is awful and um, it, it creates all these, all this mal incentive that has brings us to the to the place we're at right now. Um, but, right, uh, even just this this premise, right? I think as as you were saying, like uh, mortgages were not a thing, uh, certainly not a thing the way that they are now. Uh, we we've all heard stories about how our grandparents like paid for their houses in cash, and uh, that's just like what people used to do is buy their house with the savings that they had. And we will definitely, once we, once we have gotten to a Bitcoin standard, that will be the norm. Uh, we won't have to worry about mortgages and stuff. Um, but, uh, we'll have to hold ourselves over somehow until then. Yeah. It's an interesting question. And I hope, I hope as we continue on this, uh, series and talk to more people and, and figure this stuff out and, and as tools become more available, that these answer these questions get answered. Uh, I mean, worst case scenarios, if you have a good stack of Bitcoin, then like you do, you do the more moral thing of not taking the mortgage, <laughs> right? Um, and I and you know, in a certain sense, that is um, uh, get on zero, and this idea of holding. Uh, just holding Bitcoin in your, on your checking account. Um, I was thinking about uh, what JW was saying in the previous episode. I'm like, is this the last frontier we have to cross? And 
I don't know if like maybe this is the last frontier, but or like the next step of it is included in all of this. But but obviously the last frontier is is everybody accepting only Bitcoin, um, and uh, get on zero. I think can only be improved by people who are listening and have businesses and are going to start accepting Bitcoin when they are not or only accepting Bitcoin, or as you said, like accept Bitcoin at a discount for now. Um, or, you know, like give your customers a discount if they pay in Bitcoin to encourage that. And mortgages are another example where if you can, if you can avoid a mortgage, you know, like financially, it doesn't really make sense. But there's also this part of me that realizes the state is funded through debt. And the more debt that is taken out, the more that is funded and the more that you're working into the system. So like if we can start avoiding fiat debt, um, that's another way to start starving the state. And so there's, there's certainly like a moral, although not certainly ideal aspect to avoiding debt and mortgages. Um, right. And, and that's, that's really like, um, touching on one of the other reasons why I am really primed for, get on zero and excited about it, which is, um, right with Bitcoin for as much as I am completely, well, I guess not completely, but as, as confident as I am in it, um, there's always like that little doubt in your head that like, what if I'm wrong, I'm missing something. Uh, what if there's some attack that we can't anticipate that's coming, you know, in the next 10 years, that's going to, uh, be like a major, issue to it it's like what if you know what if i the thing i can't imagine happens and and bitcoin fails um is that any and right i bring this up because i think probably most everybody has this tiny little doubt in their head um but to me that doubt is not compelling enough uh like i don't want to there's also this aspect of it that's like what can I do to encourage the reality that I want to see, right? Like there's, there's on the one hand, what do you think is likely going to happen? And then on the other hand, there's the, what do you want to happen? And what do you want your children's lives to be in? What is the situation you want to set up for the future? And so, you know, I do believe that this is going to happen, but I also believe that if I don't try and I don't kind of like, in some sense, risk everything to doing this, uh, that I'm not like fighting hard enough and I'm not trying hard enough to make the, the life for my children that I want. So, you know, even if there is that like small doubt that this is a risk or <coughs> it might not work out, it's like, well, I'm, I'm willing to try that anyway. Yeah, no, I I like that, and I I understand what you're saying. There's always that thing because it's 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 weird being this confident in something, especially when no one else basically agrees with you. Well, with Bitcoin, um, go ahead, Slap. I was just gonna say I heard JW, and this is this really stuck with me. <clears throat> JW, I don't know if it was on a um, what do they call that on Twitter when people talk spaces? spaces. Yeah. Um, and he, he was saying like, you know, say you were in prison and, uh, you see your chance to escape and you run and you're almost to the fence and they like shoot you and you lose your leg and you get caught. Would you be sitting there thinking like, 
how bad was it that I lost my leg? Of course. But at the same time, you're like, that was my chance. That was my chance to get out. And that's kind of, kind of like the way it feels with this. It's like, we have a chance to get out of this system that as we talk about all the time is so awful. And, you know, if you're sitting in that prison, you know, you're a political prisoner, you're not getting out, whatever. Are you going to regret taking the chance? And, um, you know, of course, in that scenario, it's like only only my leg, whereas it could be my family's legs, which is a little more pressure when you have young kids with the whole life ahead. But like Buck is saying, like, man, you want to see, um, you know, you, you have a chance. You want to try to do your part to make this a reality and just sitting around talking about it doesn't get it done. Right. And the other thing, too, is that with the risk with Bitcoin is you can't look at it in a vacuum. I mean, you have to do, uh, you know, a risk assessment for everything because the alternative, and this is what we've been harping on with the get on zero thing, is that we have with a very high degree of certainty, on the other hand, that fiat is inflating at a really high clip and there really doesn't see that much of anything on the horizon that's going to change that. So... Um, you're just going to get grinded into oblivion by holding, yeah. holding fiat. So don't let, you know, perfection be the enemy of good enough when but it here, comes to Bitcoin. Here is a legitimate concern that I think, um, well, I know a lot of people have, uh, including myself, is now, you know, I guess it depends on how big your stack is, but the price two months ago was what, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000, and now it's 40 something um, my mortgage payment remained the same that whole time. And, uh, so if you're, you, you know, um, what am I saying? If you're putting your entire check in Bitcoin, that's going to be a concern for people. This is obviously not like uh, mind blowing stuff here. This is one of the initial concerns, but I think it should be addressed. Right. Um, of course, there's going to be times where you buy it 45 and it goes up to 50 in the next week. But if you're living on the edge and, uh, you know, the price drops 10 percent, 15 percent, that's that's going to hurt short term. Yeah. And uh, Buck, you can you can if you've got something you can throw your piece. I mean, mostly I. Uh, you know, so I'm still fleshing this out a little bit, but I, 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 I tend to think that part of the reason that get on zero was I'm like so primed for it and, uh, can make this a reality for me is that I have been stacking for so long. So, so much of my savings has seen, you know, the growth over the past, uh, two years in Bitcoin to where a big drop from. 60 you know something thousand like i'm still way up yep. in the long in the grand scheme of things and so that that short term like volatility doesn't hurt me at all and I, I think there is a sense in which if i let's say i just became convinced in bitcoin but i had no stack um like i don't i don't know what i would do um i might try to build a stack over let's say six to 12 months before going fully on um Bitcoin and and there, there might be that like ramp up period where you've built up enough kind of in like in 
tolerance for for the short term ups and downs uh, to where you're you're more so like working off of the longer term yeah. stability that Bitcoin gives you. I mean, yeah, I, I think so. there's almost I mean, there is no doubt you'll have more Bitcoin in the long run if you get on zero. Right. And, yeah, right. And so I want to go back to kind of what you were saying, Buck, about um, basically you got to self-actualize the world you want to you want to have. And for someone, if they say, oh, well, I live paycheck to paycheck, I'm on the edge. And so, you know, get on zero is a bad idea because if Bitcoin drops, then I'm, I'm kind of screwed. But like you have to like right there, it's kind of a defeatist attitude and, and you're giving up control um, because you're, you're allowing, you're not allowing yourself to just take control and saying, all right, I'm living on the edge and I need to get off the edge. Yes, definitely. Because if you're, right. if you're holding fiat, if you're paycheck to paycheck and you're holding fiat um, and you say, well, Bitcoin might drop by, you know, 20%. And if I lose $500 in purchasing power, that month, then, you know, I'm in the hole by $500. And that would be not good. Now, if we set aside, you know, most Americans have pretty good, decent access to credit. And, you know, you probably put that on on some credit and have to pay some interest on it. It's not ideal, but it could kind of help you float through. Especially if you get a fixed interest rate, and we keep having inflation. But on the other hand, and no one brings this up, is that, okay, let's say you lose $500 in purchasing power that month because Bitcoin drops. But what if you don't convert to Bitcoin and you're on your living paycheck to paycheck and then you have an unexpected $500 expense come up? Like, where are you going to get that $500? It's the same difference. So, like, what are you doing? That? Like, you're just in a bad spot and you need to develop, like you said, and, and Buck, like, you absolutely nailed it. And you said, well, I can do this more comfortably because I had savings. And that's what you need to do. So however you do it, like it, it's not helpful to yourself to just say, oh, I can't do this. I don't have enough money. Now, I'm not just being trying to say like, we'll just get more money. Of, of course. But like. Well, you got to work. I mean, it's like there's a shockingly high number of Americans who are paycheck to paycheck. You can't afford that surprise $500,000 bill. Right. Um, and I, but we had, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that. Like, I say, I'm not, I, but what I was going to say is I'm not, or I'm not um, arguing against what you're saying, I guess. Right. I'm just throwing out scenarios and uh, yeah. yeah. And, and every, everyone's different. And so, uh, you know, there's, there's certain situations where it's just like, I mean, I might look at it and be like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're in a tough spot and I don't really see a great way for you to get out of it right now. But I mean, I think, I mean, we can, we can look at the demographics of the podcast and we know the demographics of Bitcoiners. Mm-hmm. It's young, single men. If you are a young single man and you are living paycheck to paycheck and you're only on, you have a, have one job, like go get another job. Yeah, go work like as often as you can and earn as much money as you can. Put in as much time as you can. Like right now, it is a massive buyer's market if you're looking for work. 
Yeah, it's all over the place. <laughs> I mean, for for very low skilled labor, where you're like a cashier, they're offering extremely generous signing bonuses for stuff. Like it's the work is everywhere. So if you are, yeah, if you're healthy, in that scenario and you're a young male or yeah. female for that matter, go out there. And and even yeah. if, even if it's just for a month or a couple of weeks, just go go to work earn that money and convert it all to Bitcoin because that's just gravy at that point for you. So let that start accumulating. And, and then once you, once you have that buffer and you're comfortable, more comfortable, then, you know, you can, you can absorb those that down month. Yeah. And I think the, um, you know, I've, I've already like, uh, I, I, sometimes I forget my own arguments and I, uh, say things that are silly. Like I think even if I didn't have a stack, I might, I am pretty sure I would be going in this direction because what, uh, what, what I sometimes do and what people do in their heads when they're painting these disaster scenarios is they're imagining like I put all of my money into Bitcoin in November of 2017. And now it's January, 2018 and Bitcoin has just, you know, like lost 80%. And now I have to like pay all my mortgage payments off of that. But like there is a sense in which you, you could do that if you have a big savings buffer and you put it in at the wrong time. Um, like that could hurt for two years. But at the same time, like that was your savings buffer, right? You can you can wait two years for that to just all smooth out. Yeah, What's really happening ha- you, is that you still have income. Yeah, exactly. Right. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when you get that on a, paycheck, on a month-to-month basis, yeah. right, you're you're buying sometimes at a low price for that month and sometimes at a high price. It's the DCA thing, right? Like you just buy at a consistent amount at a consistent time. And if you earn and, enough uh, in your income to pay your bills, when you get paid, you could convert it back to dollars and pay your bills at the right. price you bought it at essentially or very close. Yeah. Yeah, most there can people, be like the inner month volatility, but um you know, it's yeah, like it's, I was saying, like some, some months it'll be down, some months it'll be a little bit better. But, you know, we're the, the assumption to make, and it's, you know, the speculation for why we're doing this to begin with is that Bitcoin's going to be going up overall. So, you know, as long as you're able to ride any sort of, the, and it's early on, typically. I mean, I think people who have been in, to, have been in Bitcoin and been holding it and accumulating it for a while probably have pretty good buffers um even if they're they're living totally on bitcoin or or converting the whole paycheck um like you know i've been on zero for what like a month and a half now or coming up on two months and you know i started i think i started it when bitcoin was like sixty thousand dollars and then of course it immediately drops down and it was just eh, okay (laughs) it didn't matter because right. you know, I was still had a paycheck, and so I knew that as Bitcoin was dropping down, I was also going to be buying it at that reduced price, which I have been. And then on top of that, I had a had a big bucket of uh, of savings that was that was there to uh, to protect me. Yeah, um, I feel like the uh, general argument against doing this is uh, is similar to I forget the exact scenario, but people are always talk about like. Uh, I don't know if I if I didn't let's say I didn't buy beer anymore and I invested all of it like look how much I would have 
uh, from my investment after a year. And it's like, yeah, but nobody ever does that investment from the money they saved, right? If you have all this fiat and you're like, I'm going to just use the fiat to pay the things, pay for the things that I need to pay for in fiat. And then I'm going to invest the rest in Bitcoin. And it's like, that doesn't happen. There's always this giant gap between the amount you actually need to spend and the amount you put in Bitcoin. And there's this huge gap of money that's sitting there and just like losing 1% in value every month. And uh, that really adds up over time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost like, it's almost like the 401k argument, like what the, the, the old 401k argument was like, just put it all in your 401k, uh, just do it so that you don't have that money to spend. Um, and I think a similar thing is, is appropriate for the get on zero thing. It's like, just put it all in Bitcoin and the amount that you have to take out for paying fiat, you'll take out and then the rest will save and build generational wealth. Yeah. And there's, there's always the people bring up the the capital gains issue, which I think has been answered. But um, one of the things I've noticed is that in the short period of time that I've been on zero, I've gotten a lot better with finding ways to not have to like explicitly convert back into dollars to pay for stuff. Um, There are more and more tools I'm discovering and, and interesting ways to like figure out how to just buy stuff with Bitcoin, like, uh, I mean, I, I've talked about pay with moon. That's been really good. Um, there's bit refill that's out there. That's just like a ton of stuff that you can, you can buy gift cards for so many, so many stores. And, uh, you know, you can pay with lightning or, or Bitcoin on chain. And so you, you avoid that. And, and you're just giving an email address to them. So it's not like they've KYC'd you to send you a, uh, you know, tax paperwork or something. It's still up to you to uh, to do that at the end of the year when, when your taxes are due and, you know, do what you think is best, I'll say. So, um, you know, this 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 idea that you're just going to have this massive amount that you always are having to convert and have to deal with the capital gains on. I mean, it's not a small amount you have to do it with, but it's, it's not like it has to be everything. And it's not that bad to, uh, to kind of route around that and, and find these creative ways to, to deal with it. I don't know if you've, uh, used what you've been doing to, to get fiat yeah, I mean, available. It's... No, I mean, so far I'm, um, I've just been focusing on like trying to get, uh, all of my money out of savings accounts. One of the biggest things I've had to do is deal with, uh, like credit. Uh, so setting up, um, you know, how you pay for things. There's, uh, my mortgage, there's utility bills, all these things that are currently on, um, there's, there's no option to pay with a credit card. So right. you need a, you need a routing number, you need an account number. And uh, those I'm looking at level to use. I'm still going through the sign up process with them. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, and then there's like things that, you know, like uh, my wife was paying for things with uh, a card that was connected to a bank. And it's like, all right, let's switch that to a credit card and kind of get everything organized in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so much, very much just going through the like organization phase right now. Yeah, which that takes some t- because there's so many things I had just automatically being paid with my credit card 
and like you know a monthly subscription or, or a monthly fee or something that I have to take off that credit card and do it manually every month with uh, pay with moon which you know that adds some adds some time that you have to spend with stuff but it's really not that bad and when you're you know spending and playing with lightning and moving bitcoin around it's i think it's fun so yeah it, it, it makes that uh that sting a little bit less but you brought up your wife and that's what one of the things i wanted to talk about is and that's one of the things that's a lot of people seem to be having a difficult time with is they say, well, I think it's a great idea and I want to get on zero, but my wife's not there yet. So how'd that go for you? <laughs> does she know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she knows she's helping out with the process. Um, like, you know, using the right credit cards for stuff and, and all that. Um, it was, a. Uh, I mean, something that really helps your credibility is uh, like when you get into Bitcoin and you're like, we need to put a bunch of money into this. And then over like a two year period, uh, there's an insane amount of um, growth and, and you look like a genius. Like you, you, you understand uh, you have some like magical superpower that lets you you really do feel like a superhero. You know, like <laughs> you're like, I'm really confident we need to do this. And then, you know, suddenly it goes from 10,000 to like, uh, you know, 30,000, 50,000 and all that. It really helps your credibility. So uh, it's probably not a great answer for a ton of people. But, you know, if you put in your time, you'll you'll get your credibility in there. And then um, and then I just kind of leverage that to, to, to just be like, you know, this is the next step. Uh, and I, I've talked to her a ton about... <coughs> about just like Bitcoin and uh, some of the fundamentals over the years. Um, so she's like, I think many um, uh, spouses, partners in, in this sort of thing and that she doesn't quite get it, but she's heard enough about it to have some level of confidence in it. And she's, she's been around long enough to have some level of confidence. Um, and so I don't know. I don't have great answers other than just like uh, it's like it takes some time to get there. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I mean the credibility thing matters, and it matters for even us because if <laughs> if Bitcoin hasn't been going up, then what confidence do we have in it to be able to say like yeah we're gonna all all in on this. If there was no confidence there that you know it was going to appreciate in value, then th- th- none of us would be doing this, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and she's got so much insight into the the flip side of it. So, um, uh, you know, I'm in the startup world, and and this is kind of like played into my journey to Bitcoin, especially in the past year or so. Just like my confidence in getting off of zero, uh, it's really something to. Uh, witness inflation at its finest firsthand. Because um, like when, when people see inflation and when they're talking about it these days, you know, they're talking about uh, beef prices and everyday prices. And like that stuff is very real. Um, uh, so I'm in no way trying to downplay that. Uh, but I had a firsthand view at sort of inflation at a higher level, you might say. Um, 
we talk about the Cantillon effect in economics, you know, the, the idea that people that are close to the money get the new money first and, and generally the financially elite and connected benefit from inflation much more than everyday people. And especially like the worst off are the, like the poorest wage earners. Um, in the startup world, uh, I saw that firsthand. So over the past year, you know, when I started seeing, uh, it's basically I'm a co-founder of a tech startup. And uh, as a result, I get to see a lot about funding, a lot of what other companies are seeing in terms of valuations and how they're doing with funding. Um, very early on after the Fed started printing, uh, after the money printers just started going burr, um, you started seeing startup valuations and investments going through the roof. Um, like every startup, no matter how mundane, was getting funding and they were getting it at valuations that were just obscene and unheard of, like Series A companies that had no revenue being valued at, you know, tens of millions of dollars. Um, and, and it kind of like happened to our startup where we got approached by a ton of people. Um, but but then where we're, we can see it kind of going the next level is in... Um, salaries for employees um where and this is once again like evidence that this year has been bad in particular for inflation but it's been going on longer than that so uh when i started as a low-level engineer in you know like early 2010s uh salaries for people at my level were in like you might be able to get a fresh out of college software engineer for you know fifty sixty thousand dollars Nowadays, to get that type of person, you're looking more at like 120,000. So it's it's like salaries have doubled in a very short amount of time. And uh, what we're seeing in salaries for software engineers is uh, inflation. Just it's, it's it's really funny seeing the like mental hoops that people have to go through when they when they don't just like understand basic economics and how inflation does this, and they'll try to explain it in all different ways. But just seeing all of this happening really uh ingrained in me how serious this problem is and like is going to continue to be like you know my company we got a bunch of funding but we're going to be spending a ton of that on just like upping people's salaries and the same thing could be happening in the next few years to the point where like yeah that funding that we got you know it doesn't go as far as you think when everybody's salaries are inflating so quickly um so it just like rings the alarm bells to really get out of fiat as, as quickly as possible. Like uh, th things are bad. And uh, I think it's, it's something we haven't seen before. Yeah. I've even seen that in my industry a little bit with, you know, starting salaries for Pete for, and, and even this was a couple of years ago, you know, we we're hiring kids out of school that didn't know anything and they were getting, you know, paid similar to what I got started out as when I got hired on as a senior engineer. Um, obviously my salary had gone up too, but you know, it's, it's, and it wasn't, it wasn't double what happened where I was back then. Um, but it was, it was a significant increase. Let's call it, you know, maybe, maybe even about 50% increase over, you know, five years. Um, maybe, maybe a little more than five years, but, uh, you know, we certainly weren't getting new kids out of school that were 50% better <laughs> than the ones from, right. 
earlier in that decade. Um, at the company I, I was at last, um, we just, when someone left, we just wouldn't hire anyone else because no one wants to work for, you know, that wage. So we figured out ways to get the job done without hiring someone. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're having, I mean, where I'm at now, we're having trouble hiring people and, you know, we're, we pay pretty well considering the industry in the area. Um, and so what happens is when you have, when you're understaffed, you're asking, you're stretching more people more thinner. And so you're not able to give the, you know, the business, the attention that it needs. And so you kind of like start to deteriorate. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the inside out and then you couple that with prices of of everything going up you know significantly um material unavailable and so you start having to make these decisions of like well we can't get what we want and so we have to start using ersat and you know i'm also not being able to pay attention to to these problems as well as i would if we were fully staffed and so you kind of see where this like positive feedback loop gets started and can get real bad real quick. Um, like this idea that, I mean, I'm bouncing around with all these problems that are going on due to inflation, but I mean, I have people saying that like, oh yeah, I, I made money on my car that yeah. is five years old. Yeah. It's like, I've no, heard that. No, Same. you're not. Or someone I know someone who just bought a truck and they're like, oh, this is great because, you know, it's expensive, but it's showing how much its value it retains. And it's like, no, no, it's not. Or things like, well, you know, I think the housing housing prices are going to come down and, and it'll be okay. And it's like, <laughs> who says they're coming back down? Um, like we're, yeah, I think we're in a housing bubble. I think we're, we're in a lot of bubbles, but we're also in a, in a situation of pretty bad, if not runaway inflation. And yeah. And if you're holding dollars through all of this and you're not, you're not switching to Bitcoin as your, as your monetary standard, I mean, you're, you're just going to get wrecked. Whereas that, that experience of like a bubble in all these industries might be there for people who hold Bitcoin because it'll get that all that stuff will get cheaper for us. But those staying in dollars, I mean, you're just going to get wrecked. You're not going to be able to afford anything. Right. And, and like, you know, where, what other options do you even have to try to preserve some of this wealth? It's like, uh, I mean, for sure, if you're if you have any money in the bank, it's losing at this point, you know, like at least one percent of its value every month. Um, if you didn't get a raise over the past year of like uh, like a thirty percent raise, then you just got a massive pay cut in the past year. Um, and if you're trying to invest it in in what stocks that are returning eight to ten percent, you know, in a normal year, that would be kind of like keeping at par roughly with inflation, but certainly over the past year, it's not, you just lost a bunch of money. Um, you know, I guess if you were investing in real estate, you, you know, you might be doing okay, depending on, on what area you invested in. Um, but like really there's, there's really not many options. And, and like, you know, 
you guys have talked about in previous episodes, even if you are trying to invest in real estate and, and keep at par with inflation there, that's a ton of work you have to put into doing that and doing it well. Like most of the time you've just lost money if, you, if you're trying to do that in a dumb way. So they're really like, I don't even know what other options you possibly could have where you, you haven't lost massive amounts of, of wealth in the past year. No, I agree. It, it, you're, you're really kind of stuck. Um, and it's, it's really terrible. And that's why, that's why I'm like screaming from the rooftops at, at basically everyone. Um, like you need to look at Bitcoin. You need to like, because everyone knows I'm, I'm going to harp on this car thing because everyone knows that as soon as you drive your car off the lot it starts losing value like the car is just the thing that holds value there isn't a worse thing just about um but you see how quickly people kind of change their change their attitude about it as soon as you know prices are are going up they like like your you, a healthy money is so important a healthy unit of account is so important because you it shows how otherwise reasonable people just get totally thrown off because you know they're they're used to looking at dollars and that being the signal for for how the economy's doing and 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 how they're doing and so they're using those same signals without understanding that like, holy cow, if I think I'm making a profit on my, you know, eight-year-old car, <laughs> you know, something's got to be up. Yeah. Um, one thing, I forget what I was going to, I had another point, but I forget it, but, but this just popped back in my head when we were talking about the mortgage and how you would manage that when you're on zero. And I think some people might respond with saying something like, well, you could solve that problem by um, getting a Bitcoin collateralized loan. So you don't have to spend your Bitcoin, but you can get a lot of cash and you can, you can throw that up for your mortgage. Um, I really recommend not doing that. Um, we had an episode a little while ago about, the, the pitfalls and the problems with, with a Bitcoin back loan. But um, when you're doing it for something like really big, like buying a house where you might have to put up, I don't I, just throwing numbers out round numbers. Let's say you need to put up uh, you need a hundred thousand dollars to be able to get a mortgage. You need to show that you have a hundred thousand dollars of, uh, of assets and what are like these collateralized loans? Like you basically have to put double the Bitcoin down, basically. So let's say you have, you do have $200,000 worth of Bitcoin that you got to lock up um, with somebody else. And for a lot of people, that's probably a whole lot of money and a good chunk of their net worth, even if they're in Bitcoin. And if the price of Bitcoin drops, um, you know, suddenly it becomes really, really, really difficult to, uh, to service that, that loan, uh, because you keep having, you have to maintain that, that, uh, what's it, what's it called? Value to, uh, value to loan or loan to value ratio. And, uh, 
you know, if Bitcoin, if, if you, if the market doesn't work out very well for you in that time period, suddenly you have to just, just put up way, way, way more Bitcoin than you otherwise would if you had a much smaller loan you're doing that with. And so you would just, you would seriously run the risk of just getting completely blown out by that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that if how many people are out there were out there thinking that they're like, Oh yeah, I could just get a collateralized loan and that, that would be good. Um, but like, look at what you're risking there. And, uh, it's just, I think that that would be a really, really, really terrible idea. Yeah. You're going to get wrecked. You're better off Um, just liquid. You're just spending, it's better off just spending the Bitcoin on the, uh, on the property. Right. There's a big difference between proving how much you have in order to get a mortgage. Um, yeah. And then like worst case scenario is you get foreclosed upon, which is obviously bad, but um, I'd rather much like have the bank take back the house than uh, than like having to dump all of Bitcoin. So there's a big difference between proving how much you have and uh, and then like actually putting it up for collateral. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that bigger collateralized loan you're taking the more the more bitcoin has to be on the table to put out there to keep it uh serviced so it's uh yeah i i hope not i we don't hear stories of people losing basically everything because they did that. <laughs> yeah Cause it's, it's like, you never know when it's going to like, I, like when I, I said a little bit early episode, you know, I want, I decided to get on zero when Bitcoin was worth $60,000 and then it immediately went down to the forties, you know, yep that happens, you know, and, and just imagine you trying to get a collateralized loan to buy a house and, and, you know, you put $200,000 of Bitcoin down at a 60 grand a pop and then it loses a third of its value and that means what you'd have to put up uh what's it like three and some change about three what three and a half bitcoin for two hundred thousand dollars at sixty thousand per bitcoin and then if it goes to 40 it's put up five bitcoins and another basically bitcoin and a half <laughs> that's some serious those are some serious sats you're playing around with. And maybe yeah, those... and that's for a relatively minor dip in the grand scheme of things, right? Like we right. could still see. Right. Yeah. For all we know, it's going to jump up over a hundred and then come back down to, you know, 40 again. Um, it's like, you, you really never know. We can be seeing those 80% drops again, for sure. And people might say, well, Raleigh, you're just using, you're too big of a number. And I'm looking at a house that's much smaller and I need way less than that. But even if you're putting $20,000 worth of Bitcoin up and, you know, that's, that's, that's still a lot of Bitcoin. Um, so just be, be really, really careful out there. Think this stuff through. And, and, and to go back to what we were saying too, of, of maybe this returns us to a more savings oriented, um, more conservative way to go about doing stuff it kind of forces our hand to uh to return to you know a healthy monetary standard and a healthier way to go about um saving up to to buy 
you know, big ticket items, uh, as opposed to just going out and getting easy, easy credit. Right. Like yep. that is, I, I, I do think that using your Bitcoin as leverage like that is, is a symptom of the fiat mindset. Um, but like, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's like, it's better. It's funny because it's like a, a big, a Bitcoin collateralized loan is like better probably than just creating a loan out of thin air. But like, it's better for who <laughs> it's better for, you know, the world maybe, but it's just at your expense. Um, totally yeah, it's at, just, it's, at your expense or at your it's risk. It's far too risky. So right. like, I'm not, I'm not going to risk <laughs> like where we're going with this, right? Bringing it back to the idea of uh, building generational wealth. Every single Bitcoin to me is, is like w- one of my future descendants, like life, <laughs> like the, the money upon which they're going to build their entire life livelihood. Um, so I'm not going to risk, you know, one or even a half of one. Um, I'm going to figure out ways to, to do all this without, without risking my Bitcoin. Right. Which I think is the right, that's the right play. I mean, we're, we're trying to just return to, to a more just and, uh, society with its head screwed on straight. And that means saving up and, and not using maybe these, uh, these terrible fiat systems. It's funny because we're we're also saying like yes, <laughs> if you have the ability to get fiat leverage and fiat credit, yeah, go do it. Um, but that that's in a slightly, not slightly, a, a much different context uh, as far as risk to you, um, because you know if if we can put the risk on the state and and the downside most of the downsides on the state, I mean, that ultimately harms them more. And if it helps you to uh, keep your Bitcoin and move the price in a positive direction because you don't have to sell your Bitcoin or, or, or you know, do other stuff, then um, I think that's good. But, you know, we, we see what happens to the price of Bitcoin when liquidations happen, so... At the same time, like, yeah, uh, it's kind of clunky, I guess, what I'm trying to say, but because um, it is kind of fun. It, it's kind of weird. It seems contradictory that it's like, yes, use the legacy system to kind of just beat fiat to a pulp and take the leverage that's available to you. Um, but at the same time, it's like also by doing this, it's going to in the long run, maybe prevent you from, from accessing that leverage. But that's a, uh, that's bad tasting medicine. That's ultimately good. Right. It's like, it's like that just holding us over between the system and the next. Um, and maybe that's what it is because it's, it's when we have, we're seeing a fiat standard developing and it's developing in the midst of this crazy clown world fiat system. And so I think this is just a good example of it's almost like a paradox, I guess, where it's like it, it's like two things 
seem to be true at the same time. And like, well, how does this? And it's just because the fiat system is just so messed up and and so bad that it's and, and, and like things that we're used to and things that we're saying, like, yeah, we should be doing this. It's just it's stuff that's totally thrown on, put upside down and on its head. Um, that yeah, it's it's really uh, it's pulling the veil back on it and seeing just how ugly and disgusting a lot of this stuff is, and how it <laughs> yeah, doesn't it certainly... actually make sense at all. And it certainly yeah, forces you to come to reality with all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is actually pretty fun because I never, you know, I thought about the mortgage issue, but I never thought this deeply about it. And, um, it's, it's raising some pretty interesting ideas and questions I haven't thought about. Um, and it was seemingly contradictions. So, I mean, and this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing this, um, to talk through this stuff, have questions, see what people come up with as answers and kind of muddle our way through because there's, I mean, there's, there's very, very few people that did this before us. Um, and so this is kind of the, and I, I'm not trying to take credit from away from the people that were on zero, <laughs> you know, before this latest wave, but, um, you know, if, if, if they may be so gracious as to allow me to call us pioneers with them, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what this is. And so we got to figure it out and, and trudge along the way and, and try not to step on grenades <laughs> and just figure, <laughs> figure this all out because it's, you know, not, not many of us, um, have, uh, were around 6,000 years ago when, the last time there was basically a global monetary standard change onto a uh, harder money. Yeah, it's really incredible. It, it, it can be hard to imagine that that's happening, right? Like, why should it be us and in this time? Um, but like at the same time, we basically live through the internet being born. And so we've seen that sort of revolutionary technology being <laughs> introduced to the world for the first time. Um, it's humbling, um, but it's exciting. And, uh, I think there's no reason why, uh, we can't be witnessing the birth of a money, the birth of something that's like, uh, as revolutionary, uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And the one thing I want to make sure people get, um, when we're taught, when I'm talking about this kind of like paradox or issue with, with the mortgages and how, uh, it's, it's, how are we going to work? Like, what we're saying is is going to happen where you have to like it's going to be the the system with the mortgages not existing is going to be so much better like mm -hmm. it it's it might we might be driving i mean we're we're driving on the wrong side of the road right now in the fiat system and we need to get on into the other lane so that we're driving on the right side but there's a rumble strip between the lanes and so it's going to be uncomfortable driving over that rumble strip. But once we get in the right lane and traveling in the right direction, you know, we're not going to be having constantly having to like swerve around dodging cars coming in the opposite direction to us. So it's going to feel weird and it's not going to feel right driving over a rumble strip. But once we readjust, 
um, and have a clearer vision of where we are on the road and and see that like oh yeah <laughs> the way we were driving before was was really bad um, it, it's just going to be just so much better so it's not something to worry about it's something to look forward to you're going to be able to afford more tractors <laughs> exactly 72 minutes in <laughs> got there eventually yeah i was wondering when it was going to come up it seemed like we were getting to the end and i was like yeah maybe i'll finally be the one <laughs> nope nope <laughs> colin made it easy last episode because he brought it up and then i just said the word tractor after he said it so count it <laughs> and he and he got it in early so I mean, we're going to need plenty of, of tractors for our homesteads, right? That's true. Yeah, we were talking about that before uh, we started recording. Um, also, uh, I, I was going to say this in the beginning of the episode, but I forgot. But Merry Christmas, everyone. We're five days away. And uh, yeah, it's a fun time of the year. It's our last episode before Christmas. Yep. So technically, I guess this is the Christmas episode. Right. Our Christmas special. Yes. <laughs> Everyone has them. We well, do my, them too. my birthday is right before Christmas. So, uh, happy birthday. It was a birthday special and appropriate. Christmas special. Nice. Well, happy birthday and Merry Christmas, Buck. Thanks. Um, Merry Christmas to both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So, uh, I, that kind of like abruptly ended it, but <laughs> did you have anything else you wanted to say? For yourself? <laughs> For myself? Uh, yeah. Any, any other so. words of wisdom or comments about Get On Zero? No, I mean, you know, the mortgage thing I think is fascinating. I'm really uh, interested and curious to explore that. Overall, though, I'm just excited to do whatever I can to bring down the state, to bring down fiat, to try to work towards a world that i would want my kids to live in so yeah that's the most exciting part of it for me is like this is a it seems in some ways like a relatively small thing to be uh to be like talking about the stuff and doing it for me personally but uh but you know as we saw with like the bitcoin maximalism thing the more and more people uh, like a, a small group can like i'm not claiming that i was part of that and in, in spreading that message i was not <clears throat> But a very small people had a very big impact on the world and on me and like the way I view the world. And uh, it's very possible to do again. So I'm like excited to do a little small part for it. Yeah. Awesome. So, all right. Uh, do you want to tell the listeners where they can find you? Uh, sure. Yeah, you can. Um, I guess on Twitter, I'm uh, at Coder Buck. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. All right, cool. That'll be in the show notes page, mcflugel.com slash 284. Um, I have the show. Also, if you're on getonzerofiat.com, there'll be some show notes in that. And I think what I'm going to do is start doing, like we have mcflugel.com slash one as an episode one, um, since we're kind of renumbering these episodes for the Get On Zero series. I'll probably do that. Um at get on get on zero fiat.com number these episodes like that too so um maybe maybe if you type in at some point get on zero.com 
get on zero fiat.com slash three. You'll, uh, you'll get to the show notes page from that. Maybe, so. but who knows? Yeah. I make no promises. <laughs> Maybe not. This is uh yeah. It, we're, it's, it's just like an absolute miracle that we've managed to have an episode for, well, we've had some bonus episodes. So about 280, 270 to 280 weeks in a row, we've had an episode out Monday night and I can't like change some links around. <laughs> like there's someday. Yeah. Like Next three, three months great. from now, like, Oh, I finally got around to this. <laughs> so, all right. Um, thank you very much for listening, Buck. Um, I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> I'm, and... glad, I'm glad to have listened. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I said, I'm glad to have listened. Oh, wait. You said, yeah. Thank you for wait, listening. what did I say? You, said, you thanked him for listening. For and that's oh, why Rallo. we do this. So Rallo can go talk and we can bring a guest on to listen to him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> so thank you. Anytime I, you want to come on and listen, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's why I, I think most people... That's why they like to come on. They just want to listen to me. No, I, right. I think I, I confused the thanking of the guest with also thanking the <laughs> listeners at the end of the episode. Yeah, I was trying to save some time. We're running up. We're over an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. I'm trying to save some time and, and just combine stuff. Yeah, gotcha. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I was wondering why you guys were laughing. I'm like, I must have said something <laughs> there, but I don't know what it was. Man, it's a good thing I don't ever edit these. Yeah. Because there'd be so much more work I'd have to. I yeah. probably wouldn't be doing this. Thank you, Rollo, for talking. Oh, you're yeah, welcome. Yeah, thank you, Rollo. It was a pleasure listening. <laughs> yes, good. All right. Well, Buck, thanks for coming on and speaking and uh, sharing <laughs> sharing your thoughts and experience with Get On Zero. You are esteemed number guest number three on this. It's pretty amazing. As I said, I'm like the least qualified person to uh, talk about this topic, um, but I'm, I was happy to do it. It was fun. Well, little did you know that this is going to be Get On Zero installment number three, Comic Relief. So, <laughs> yeah, that works. That's yeah. still still something. Yep. So uh, I'm sure you'll be uh, you'll be back on it sometime in the future. Um, you're always welcome yeah. There's there. lots of things I am qualified to talk about. Uh, so yeah, we'll figure something out. Yep. Like, dude, like swatting flies in swamps. Yes. Yes. And coming up with impromptu uh, headgear for it. Yeah. Yep. And making memes about it. Bird. <laughs> <laughs> My finest Twitter moment. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's end this. We've been dragging this ending on for long enough. <laughs> so thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Peace.